Bengals. Need another big third down conversion. Meyer looking to throw, fires deep down the left side for Blythe, and he has the catch. Tiptoeing the sidelines, 20, 10, 5, touchdown Todd Blythe, his fourth of the day. Unbelievable. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Meyer to Blythe podcast. I'm Todd Blythe, joined, as always, with uh, my buddy Brett. Brett, how you doing tonight? Buddy Brett, huh? What's up? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. What uh, What's going on in, at the Blythe household, man? First, what, month in the house? How long have you been there now? About a, uh, about two weeks is all. I haven't quite made it a month, but uh, things are going good. Finishing up some of the random stuff that was uh, still left over. So finally got uh, glass on my shower so I can take a shower in the master bedroom, which is exciting. Um, but enough about that. Nobody really cares. And let's hear about that. Uh, the only thing I really got going is the fact. Uh, Wait a minute, did you uh, did you frame my jersey yet? Like, am I on the wall in the living room above the man oh. fireplace? All that? Of course, yeah. I mean, you're right above the computer right here in my office. You want to hear a funny story about jerseys and finding stuff? So, like, every time I go home, my mom just unloads stuff on me. Like, I literally, I'm not going to have like a shrine of like myself in my basement. Like, I'm not like Todd Blight. And. You have a shrine of yourself in your basement, don't you? <laughs> I don't have – our basement's unfinished, so no, I don't have anything down yeah. there. So, like, she unloads everything, and one of the – she just gave me boxes of, like, AAU medals and stuff, like, back when – just growing up, like, track medals and back when we used to beat the, the Mustangs and you played for them. Isn't that crazy that ne- we played against each other? Happened. We played – we competed against each other in AAU baseball. That was probably, like a- – AAU basketball all yeah. through, like, fifth, sixth, seventh Well, grade. baseball, you were part of the scummy, like – select team so Scott, i don't know why that's scummy we're the best okay let's Iowa every single year there's no way you beat cedar rapids and sweeney ryan sweeney and like the powertrain or uh, yeah. they weren't they were powertrain basketball they had dallas hodges sweeney they, and were, uh, they had a they guy with a mustache in like fifth grade they What's were up? the they were a sponsor they were salvation army yeah and you didn't beat them sweeney used to like 112 miles an hour when he was like 10 <laughs> i remember he's like i think he was a lefty right I remember right. He pitched. I think Maybe so. Not. Yeah. He, ended up he threw so much. Up. He threw so much gas. I was like, she's got to throw so hard. Like, I'm not. I'm never going to hit this. Their basketball team was unbelievable. Dallas Hodges. Yeah, uh, Dallas Hodges. Is Courtney Jenkins. Who had yeah. A beard. He was in way. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about Courtney Jenkins. I remember one time we played him, and obviously I'm the only black guy, and they are <laughs> just like just teeing off on me. Like, man, these guys are so much <laughs> better than everybody we play. Like, we're playing like Harlan and Denison and well, you know, schools and like junior high, and we go play them. Our, our AAU basketball team, Brett, you know, because we used to stop the mess out of you every time we played Atlantic. Stop him. Uh, we're the only we, small town team that made it to those tournaments, and we did well. Indianola is not a big town, buddy. But anyways, we used to beat the hell out of everybody, and then we come up against them, and we give them a fight for about a half or so, and then I don't think we ever beat them. I think we're probably about eight against them. He was out of it. But um, anyway, I found in the box of stuff, I found my Shrine Bowl jersey. I just started laughing. This is hilarious. Like my Shrine Bowl jersey from first time me and Brett ever uh, laced them up together in a real game. I gave you well. Yeah, you got a concussion in practice. I may or may not have kind of left you out to dry, but I don't quite. Uh, yeah, it was your fault. You're. <laughs> I don't know because I don't the, remember. You were at the wrong landmark, so that was a. No, I'm kidding. That uh, was. Uh, of course. May have been a high ball over the middle, and of course, this is 2000 and the summer of 2003. Yeah. So we hadn't quite got to the um, CTE concussion so uh, era of football. Point. So yeah, it was kind of like uh, live situation. practice. Yeah. Shake it off. Take a, 
you took a day off though. They gave you a rest. I think I remember right. I honestly don't remember that entire day. So yeah. all, all I remember from that, or I don't remember it, but from being told from that day is that I introduced Mylon Moses to my mom who came up to practice, introduced uh, Mylon to my mom, like four times in the span of 10 minutes. <laughs> I just kept introducing. They're looking around like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, we know. Yeah. And the funny thing that, that was when we snuck out to go see bad boys too. Remember that? Like they were like, "Don't leave the dorms," and we we're like, "Uh, or bad was it? Yeah, it was bad boys too. Bad boys too. Yeah, yeah. We, me, you, and Milan, much other guys. But yeah, that was fun. That was a ton of guys that year from played at Iowa, and then obviously at Iowa State, we had a lot of guys. Fun. That was a fun week. So, all right, let's get into it. Um, let's talk a little bit. Uh, w- what's going on? So, you guys, do you want to do a season recap, like of Roosevelt? Uh, <laughs> one yeah. Roosevelt season recap after week two. So, yeah, for, for all the people following along with the saga that is Roosevelt uh, High School football, we've been shut down this week. We got shut down on Tuesday um, by the governor. So, now it's to the point where – so, the judge ruled in her favor, said she had the authority to shut us down if we weren't in person in school. Um, so, now it's back uh, It's back on DMPS to come back and have a hybrid plan or, or have some other kind of plan that – uh, makes us legal uh, because as of right now, the online school that they're doing doesn't count towards the 180 days. So um, I don't know, you know, how many, how many of our players or how many students in general are attending class right now. I think a lot of them were telling them all to, to keep logging in and, and attending class that way. But I think there'll be a hybrid model or something um, come down, you know, in the works here in the next uh, hopefully week or so, so we can get back to business. But we're not going to be able to play this week. We're slotted to play Des Moines North. That's not going to happen this week. Hopefully we'll be back to play uh, uh, my old high school. We'll be back in Indianola next week as long as uh, we get back to get back to school in person a little bit and the governor gives us the okay. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, we see this a lot with, um, I mean, we, yeah, Jamie Pollard just did an interview with uh, with Chris on his, uh, on his pod. And it was an unbelievable interview, just extremely uh, transparent from, from our AD, which we always get from him, and it's something you appreciate. Um, one of the many things about him that you appreciate, and it just seemed like between the athletic department and people in the arts community and, and the community in Ames, it just like there's there has to be a compromise. And he kind of mentioned like, you know, negotiations are about you know one person realizing the other side kind of needs to win too. Yeah, I think his and, quote was was the best negotiators realize yeah, which, the other side needs to win too. Yeah, and that's I mean we negotiate with us. Yeah, so I think it's not happening with us right now. Yeah, so. it just needs to be adults need to get in the room, and whether it's your superintendent or you know the governor, whoever, just say like the state of Iowa, whoever Department of Education got your win. Now get to the table and just come to a compromise. Whether it's a, a hybrid motto, it sounds like that's probably the the best option. So hopefully, whoever's in charge on the you know, on DMPD, D- Des Moines Public Schools and Roosevelt and everyone involved can just um, kind of swallow their pride and come to a compromise. And hopefully that compromise financially, um, you know, is, is feasible for them to do because I know that was an issue or that was a concern. Um, so, yeah, yeah hopefully I, I hope can so. compromise. I mean, because right now all we're showing our kids, you know, our, our players and our students in general, all the students at Roosevelt and every other Des Moines Public School, is that uh, grownups are letting them down on a national level, on a state level, and now at a school level. Um, so it'd be nice to show them that grownups can actually be be adults, get in the room, make a compromise, and uh, and not have the kids be the ones that are getting punished. So, um, but anyway, to talk about the the Jamie Pollard interview that, that Chris Williams did with him today, I thought that was unbelievable. I mean, to get him 
uh, to be that candid and to talk, uh, you know, to speak the truth the way he did uh, on the record doesn't doesn't usually happen for a person in his in his position. Um, and I thought he was un- unbelievable. He came out. I mean, he came out guns blazing, and he he wasn't afraid to to light some people up a little bit. Um, but I think the over you know the overarching message of of the entire podcast and interview was that decisions have consequences, and people want certain things to happen and they want everything to go their way, but they're not willing to take the consequences that go with those decisions. Uh, and I thought he laid it out very clear and very, you know, he's very transparent and everything. Uh, I, I just thought he was fantastic as he's been throughout this whole, this entire, um, you know, pandemic. And, and as he's been really in his entire tenure with, with Iowa state. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I think another interesting point, he talked kind of about, you know, what comes along with public leadership He's obviously been in this role for, I don't know, what, 15 plus years or whenever. I think it came in in 06, maybe, or 05 or 06, like our second or second or third year. But, you know, public leadership, obviously, you're going to have to. And I've, like, kind of got not like a behind the scenes look, but I've just heard about, like, some of the emails and, like, calls that, you know, he gets from fans and and supporters, detractors. Like, it's, I mean, it comes with public leadership. and But I think one thing, it doesn't matter if you're, like I have a good friend of mine in Wisconsin who just signed up to be like president of his homeowners association. He has like a really nice house. Um, kind of. I don't want to talk about homeowners association. Well, yeah, I know you're, you're you're going to battle, but I'm saying it was just interesting. <laughs> like he had neighbors that would come to his house and say, "Well, you know, my neighbor's dog just took a dump in my yard. Could you please go tell him to stop?" Like, and just everything. Like people want to build new houses. They want to do all this crazy stuff outside of like the association rules and. He was just, I mean, just the amount of complaining and the amount of like just adults not being able to just come to a compromise or go knock on somebody's door and just talk to somebody. He he was just like baffled by it. And I think that is kind of a microcosm of where we're at probably in society today is, you know, everybody just kind of hunkers down, clutches their pearls in their corner. And, you know, it's like they don't understand that, okay, well, I want to protect, you know, my interest, whether I'm a member of the arts community or a member of the community of Ames. And I don't realize, well, I'm protecting my interests. And then someone else on the other side has to sacrifice. It's like, come to the, come to the table and just come to a compromise on it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, it sounds to me like that's what, you know, the athletic department and Jamie's tried to do with, you know, we want to be in lockstep and in, you know, on the same page and kind of working alongside our, you know, the university. And, and just even like with, hey, we're going to have 25,000 fans. And then we had the testing that came out and, I mean, was skeptical of it, but hearing his explanation made a lot of sense. Like it was very targeted testing and they knew the trends were going to go down. And of course they did go down and, you know, it's, and it's interesting too, what he talked about with testing at Iowa state and how, you know, our levels of, you know, our, our positivity rate is much lower than that of what they're seeing in Iowa city within their athletic department. And like those athletes don't have anything to look forward to. And those students don't have anything to look forward to. So that there's not going to be that focus and that determination and, and just the, you know, the, the want to do everything right. Right. Because you know how many games to look forward to and look, and it's actually creating more positive tests and more, you know, more exactly. COVID cases. I in mean, those areas. We, you and I have talked about that. That's, that's kind of my point with athletics with Roosevelt and we don't need to circle back to that, but you know, that's kind of that carrot at the end of the stick that, that keeps people on the straight and narrow and keeps them following protocols. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought he was, I thought he was great again, just being transparent and saying, you know, he's, his whole thing has been trying to be on the same page with academics and arts and athletics, trying to get everything aligned. And he kind of got burned for doing that. Um, and these people come in and they don't, 
you know, they kind of want to bite the hand that feeds them. They don't realize that athletics pays for a lot of things that happen on campus and a lot of things that happen at a university. And they want to complain. They want to have, you know, well, we need football, but we can't have fans. Well, without that revenue, some things are going to get cut. And, and everybody in athletics, coaches and, and staff, you know, from top to bottom have already taken a haircut as far as their paychecks. Um, and with, <laughs> unless somebody else wants to come and, and volunteer up some of their, uh, some of their salary, things have to go. Um, you know, he made the, the comment about CY Stevens and I don't know if he was ever serious about cutting that or not, but he just said, this is an example of something that would have to go if we want to cut, cut our revenue even more than what's already been cut. Uh, you know, he mentioned that Matt Campbell has, has taken a, a, a pay cut of, if you count his bonuses over a million dollars. Um, that's, I mean, I can't even fathom taking a pay cut like that because I can't fathom a paycheck that has that many zeros. But, uh, I mean, it, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it now. Chris Williams interviewed uh, Jamie Pollard today. And it was, I mean, it was one of the best interviews that I've heard from a person in power um, in a long time. Yeah. It's just nice to get that transparency because, and I understand why, but a lot of people in that, in that position, uh, you know, if you're, for, if you're an athletics director, or you just don't get that kind of transparency from, them. and you know, it's few and far between. And I'm glad that we have someone in, in our place at Iowa State, and, and he's running our programs that uh, you know that gives that kind of transparency because I think I think it um, I think it benefits all involved. So let's transition Definitely. though and, and talk about uh, it's game week in Ames. Um, yes, we're it hosting, is. Yeah, hosting the Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Um, I didn't know if we'd ever make it here, to be honest with you. I know. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, this is something that Pollard joked about. And you know, our strength of schedule. I think we probably have. I mean, the, the I mean, this is a team that won eleven games last year, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, they were eleven and three, and two of their losses were one loss to Mississippi State, I believe, and then two of them were to Appalachian State um, in the regular season in the, the conference title game. So yeah, so I mean, this is a yeah, this is a good football team. I think they're returning sixteen starters and. Uh, I just did some digging on their quarterback, Levi Lewis, who I think, I believe he had an Iowa State offer. Coach Campbell mm-hmm. offered him. I don't know if he was here yet or if he was at Toledo, but uh, uh, I believe he was here. But yeah, I mean, he, this is a player that, um, I mean, he's a little bit undersized, 5'10, looks like he's about, you know, 180, 190. Um, but he's from, you know, Baton Rouge, been around big time college football. I'm sure he was in and around the LSU program and been to games there. So not going to be phased, obviously, by coming to, you know, a Big 12 school and, I think it's going Especially to be no fans. Yeah, that that's the one thing I was thinking about. Just having been on the road and played on the road in stadiums where it's loud, and I know a lot of stuff is nonverbal today with a lot of the offenses, but still, I mean, you're having to get the plays and communicate to your line, call out protections, and you know it can be mentally draining. To, so to not have to do that, I think it's a huge advantage. But uh, hopefully, we'll be able to pump pump in some crowd noise. Um, <laughs> I'm serious. Fat, I, I, we should be able. Stuff. Yeah, we yeah I mean, wh- why wouldn't we be able to? Like, it would be that you would. That's that's what you would hear if you're playing, you know, on the road. So at I least, would imagine at least play music or something. It's yeah, a, I mean, you, you, know, yeah, you can't just, just be a recording quiet, empty stadium. Yeah, recording a crowd noise or you know, band, whatever the case may be, make it tough on him. But um, yeah, I mean, he's looking at his stats from last year. You know, over three thousand yards, twenty six touchdowns, four interceptions. Um, you know, completing. 60 almost 65 percent of his passes um with an average of eight yards per completion and yeah he's impressive There's yeah no I mean, he's impressive that. and just watching like i mean i just watched some highlight clips so obviously they're pulling you know they're pulling the best plays but you can see like he's always you know just 
I just look for mechanics first. Like, is he, you know, is he like a Tebow guy who it looks like it's a struggle for him to complete a pass? <laughs> I mean, whatever. Tebow was obviously, you know, he's an animal, but he wasn't, uh, you know, even Vince Young, guys like that. He wasn't who, super technically sound. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not comparing him to those guys, but just his mechanics are, you know, he's mm-hmm. got a great left-handed quarterback, got a great motion. His lower body on is, yeah, on time, really good footwork. Lower body is always in sync with his upper body. He's de- decisive, uses his eyes well. You can tell he's well coached. Never really seems rushed at all. Obviously, he has the mobility uh, to be able to make guys miss and is a threat in the run game to be able to take advantage of some numbers on the edge. So, we're going to have to be sound on defense and play good football, obviously. Be disciplined in our rush lanes and, and, and not uh, not overcommit and, and let him, you know, third and six, third and five, whatever, third and eight, um, you know, let him scramble for first downs. We just got to be able to limit those things. And secondary is going to have to make plays on the ball because he's an accurate passer. Um, and, you know, obviously they – I think – what are their numbers? You, you brought earlier today when we were chatting about some health. Yeah, they got two the running backs last year. rushed – combined for over 5,000 yards in their career. I think the starter ran for 11 or 1,200 yards last year. Um, I mean, they got two good backs. I think they're they're searching a little bit of receiver this year. I think they graduated their top few receivers, so they might he might be throwing some different targets, um, which yeah. can help us, of course. Um, but he's a seasoned vet at quarterback. They got veteran running backs who have, who have been successful and carried the rock for a lot of yards and a lot of touchdowns. So our defense is going to have to come ready to play. This isn't yeah. your typical open-up-the-season cupcake um, you know, let's win by 30, 35 and, and get out of the stadium. This is going to, you know, this is going to be a tough, a tough matchup and a tough test for our kids. And, you know, this is probably a team that will come in. Hopefully we can, we can give them a, a loss to go home back to Louisiana with, and they're probably going to win their conference. Um, so this, it'll look good on our schedule and, and for our resume, if we can walk out of here with a win. Yeah, I think, you know, even with those, you know, what they have a new set of receivers, sometimes with these offenses, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you're just scheming. Um, no, you're just scheming for space. It always it's always vital. No, <laughs> no. We, we, As a we former receiver, don't discount me like no, that. No, we should have replaced you a long time ago. But <laughs> in all seriousness, not you know, the, this is uh, you know, coaching staff. I, the head coach spent some time. I think he was at Alabama, and, and so I mean, there's good pedigree. Clemson, I believe, yeah, yeah, Alabama, Clemson. So obviously, there's you know, there's pedigree with with the staff, and um, they, you know, they know how big time programs. And I would imagine he's probably somebody. I think his third year there, he's turned it around um, and made them extremely competitive in a short amount of time. So yeah, I think this is it's going to be a it's going to be a game that we're going to have to be sound and uh, obviously you look for our offense to hopefully hit the ground running. I mean, you talk about speaking of yeah, I want to get your take on uh, on Brock Purdy a little bit. Obviously, everybody in that's an Iowa State fan knows uh, you know a little bit of what we have in Brock Purdy, but as a, a quarterback who you know. His name's all over the record books at Iowa State. I want to hear your take and what you think uh, the kind of season he can have and what he what his future looks like going forward. Yeah, well, my name was all over the record books. I think Brock. Hey, I feel you on that. About, buddy. Two, about two and a half been, years, he's going to eclipse what I did before. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, he. I mean, he he's the real deal. I think he has every. You know, he projects him to the next level, and I think he has everything to be a first, second round pick. And you know, uh, and when you're drafted that highly, you're expected to be a starter in the NFL. I think he's that good. Um, we're obviously lucky to have him great leader on the field, off the field. And I mean, you just see his capability as a passer, his anticipation, accuracy. He's got plenty of arm strength, um, extremely. I mean, you see just, you know, he has a lot of football savvy moxie, whatever you want to call it, just to be able to elusive, a little pump fake here, pump fake there and just get, you know, he's not, obviously he's not a four, four guy, but he's fast enough and, Mm -hmm. you know, keeps the defense honest, um, and can get out and make plays with his feet when he needs to. So, 
Yeah, I'm looking. I mean, you look at our tight ends. I mean, the tight end position, the receiver position. You know, yeah, yep. Xavier tight ends are stacked. Yeah, coming in, he had Oklahoma offer. They wanted him late. Tells you about, you know, obviously the quality of, you know, the quality player that he is. And, you know, I think for us it's just going to be the offensive line. That's probably the only question we have on offense. I mean, you talk about Brees Hall and the running backs. You talk about probably the best tight end room in the country. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would, you know, I, I can say that, that, you know, I don't know if we have, you know, two or three first rounders, but, you know, we, we have some guys that are going to play in the NFL on Sundays there, you know, two and maybe three, they're going to get a shot. So, you know, I look at uh, our offensive line is, is probably the one, the one group that we just got to see how quick, how quickly they can come together and gel. And hopefully we'll be able to, cause it's the first game of the year. You may, you know, it's, you're going to come, you see in the NFL game tonight, it's been kind of pretty vanilla. They haven't shown a lot of stuff and, Hopefully, I'm assuming that's probably what we'll see on Saturday. We'll come out and see if we can run the ball, and you know, or if, if yeah, we're it'll be, it'll be base offense, yeah. base offense most of the night, and, and see who can execute the best and, and make mm-hmm. plays when they get a chance. Yeah, so hopefully, I know their defense has gotten a lot better. Uh, I think they cut their uh, their points allowed basically in half from uh, two years ago to last year. So, um, you know, that scheme's coming together. So yeah, we're gonna have to play good football on both sides of the ball, and you know, special teams obviously, but. Uh, it just, yeah, you'd love for the home field advantage to kind of be the, the factor here because, you know, just being able to, to feed off of that energy and we're just not going to have it. But, um, you know, hopefully, again, we'll be able to you – know, that's something they're probably more used to than we are, uh, playing in the Sunbelt Conference and playing in front of half-empty stadiums really having to pick yourself up and get going that way. So, But, I, I mean, first game of the year after all these kids have been through, I don't, I don't think there's going to be any problem, you know, getting anybody on Iowa State side motivated and ready to play. And, you know, yeah. Coach Campbell was – you know, he, he's, he's a master at what he does. He's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. So I, I don't have any issues with him uh, getting us ready to play. And I, I can't wait, honestly. I, I'm, I'm beyond excited. Um, I don't know. I, I, was, I was excited for the NFL to start, but I, I'm just, you know, obviously we have more connection to the college game. And, you know, I can't wait. Um, I'm excited for Saturday. It's the first game. It's going to be the first game after college game day. So I think we'll have a lot of eyes on it. That's exciting. Um, so, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm fired up to watch them. I mean, I think our offense has a chance to be special this year. Like like you said, a lot of it's going to hinge on the O-line. I mean, you and I have uh, a little bit of experience of a team where you where you bring back all of your uh, all of your skill guys and don't return any O-linemen. You see what that can do to a team. Um, but we've heard nothing but rave reviews of the O-line coming out, you know, coming out of Ames all offseason. So, and you know, a lot of that could be just media and coach speak, but we'll, we'll find out on Saturday. But I'm excited about what they got. But, I mean, just to circle back to Brock Purdy, he's just – he's one of those guys that he's got all the physical tools, but the, the other stuff, the intangibles, he's just a guy where the, the game has slowed down for him so much and he's just never scared, never intimidated. Nothing ever moves too quick for him. Um, I, you know, he's exactly what you want behind center and, and as a play caller and quarterback. Uh, and he's just kind of that calming influence for any new guys that happen to be in the huddle. So that's, you know, I, I, as good as their quarterback is, obviously I think uh, we're definitely one up on him um, when it comes to quarterback play. So I, I'm just excited what, to see what he can do. I'm excited to see what some of these new receivers can do. Uh, you know, we, we've heard a, a bunch about this uh, Xavier Hutchinson, um, the, the Juco kid that's come in. Uh, Tariq Milton, you know, we it's kind of a proven commodity for us. So, um, you know, Sean Shaw, hopefully he can make a, a jump for us in, in year two. So I'm just excited to see what these guys can do once we get on the field on Saturday. And I'm sure they're ready to quit playing against uh, each other and practice every day and play against somebody new. You never said those nice things about me. About well, you Brock. weren't any of those things. So 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you were very good. You were, you were very good in the huddle for us. So it was nice to have you in the huddle with. Oh uh, yeah, make up. We had no, some O line. You remember we? I'm not going to name names. We had some O linemen every once in a while. They would just be freaking out, and losing in the huddle, and you'd have to just talk them off a cliff. Tell, them, hey fellas, we're going to be all right. Like let's just calm down. It's going to be a long game. Let's get a drive going here. Let's get a couple first downs. So we can always kind of count on you to to right the ship a little bit when we have guys just losing their minds. So. Yeah, different mentality for different positions. I mean, you just... I guess as quarterback, you can't really afford to uh, to be that high-strung, crazy person, so... No, it's not going to... I think a calm approach to the position is one that's uh, going to do you well and suit you well, so... Yeah, um, for but, sure. Okay, let's go through some predictions. What are you thinking? Give me your score. Who wins? Well, I mean, obviously, it's. I mean, this is a Cyclone Fanatic podcast, so I got Iowa State's going to win. I don't think there's much question about that. Um, gosh, I think we probably throw up 35 on them. Um, I'm going to go 35 17. They get a couple scores and, a, and the chibi field goal late, but I think 35 uh, 17, and I think everybody will be happy walking away with a win like that against Boy, a good uh, quality football team. Well, you're way off. I go 38 uh, 24. <laughs> I wasn't Cyclones. that far off of yours. <laughs> well, yeah. We got to come no. up with like a bet or something to see who's closer on the score and fix it. We should. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good idea. I'm not going to bet you money because you're a snake, but other than that, coward. First off, I don't think we want to get into that because you, you currently owe me money for golf bets. So not golf playing bets. I want the record to show. I'm not talk, talking about playing golf. Brett is a better golfer than I am, Much better. Uh, but we have, we have other side bets that have to do with golf that, uh, Brett has oh, yeah. yet, yet to Venmo me his, <laughs> what I'm owed. Because we play for it, and then I let you double or nothing. That's all confident I know, I am. And it always I comes just, up nothing on my Oh, hey, what do you, what do you – this is great. Uh, obviously, this is radio, but what are you, what are you drinking there? Oh, yeah, a little segue into, uh, <laughs> into our, our sponsor here. But, of course, I have a little uh, Cody Road uh, old-fashioned in my glass right now. So what I'm drinking. Shout out yeah, to the boys at Mississippi it. River Distilling Company, always taking care of us. Um, it's delicious as always, refreshing, perfect drink to uh, pour over ice and, and watch a Thursday night football game to open up the NFL season. The only, the only negative about the uh, Mississippi distillery guys is they're from Harlan, which is a, used to be a rival when we were 3A. Now we're we're at 2A school, so I don't think we play them anymore. But uh, You went up to 2A from 8-man? That's pretty good. That's well timed. <laughs> how, long, how long before you guys are 3A, honestly? Oh, probably not that. Honestly, probably not that long. We're we're already playing, or I say we. Indianola is already playing uh, a little bit of a three A schedule, so they play teams like Norwalk and stuff like that. Um, even though um, district wise and playoff wise, they're a four A school. Um, and obviously, we're you know at Roosevelt, we play them. Hopefully, get to play them next Friday if everything works out. Uh, you know, with the adults, so if they can make a decision for us. Um, but yeah, Indianola is not far off. Yeah, Who, who's the who's the best team? Like in Central Iowa, after a couple of weeks, Dowling, right? Because they they kind of put it to Valley. Yeah, uh, Ankeny's really really good. Although they got beat by Waukee last week, um, Southeast Polk is good. They they have a safety. Um, I mean, he's got offers from absolutely everywhere. He's only a junior. Uh, he's got. I think he just picked up Ohio State this week. He's got. I mean, probably close to twenty offers. He's a four star kid, and he can do it all. Um, so Polk is really good. Ankeny's really good. Centennial's down this year, but they're still, you know, they have good kids. They have a quality program. Um, Valley's Valley, although they got a little bit thumped by Dowling last week. So 
Um, I don't know. If I had to pick one, I'd say Dowling. I mean, shoot, they've won the last seven state titles. Uh, yeah, I need but, to see them win eight if they're going to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's never, it's not a dynasty till you've won eight straight titles. But, uh, I mean, don't count Roosevelt off. So we had some hiccups that first week. We came back week two and, and put it on Des Moines East pretty good. I'm telling you, you talk about a – you know, we were saying with Brock Purdy, a quarterback who just has those intangibles of just the game has slowed down for him. Our quarterback, he's a sophomore. He just turned 15 about a month ago, Jameson Patton. I uh, remember that name. He's going to be one of the highest recruited kids in the state of Iowa by the time it's all said and done. Um, he's an absolute star in the making. So remember the name Jameson Patton. I, I, I pray that he's wearing Cardinal and Golden in about three years. So this kid, so Xavier, I'm going to. Yeah, one, don't even how do you it. pronounce his last name? I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want Number to five. pronounce it wrong. I just remember him. Uh, he came down. They brought him. He was playing safety. They came down. Uh, he came down off the edge and, and set the edge uh, as a, you know, 14 or 15-year-old last year, and it was just impressive. The way he so was like He jumps off the field, though, like he, oh, he yeah. just warm-ups. He okay, he's he, different. He had a 75-yard touchdown or something like that last week yeah. where he gets the edge and then just runs away from everybody. And he's yeah. a big, long athlete. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got Florida, Iowa, Iowa State, Michigan, Nebraska, yeah, Notre Dame, Ohio State, OU, Texas, Wisconsin. Everybody's in on him. Yeah, that's yeah, good so, for him. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah he's, left he's tackle that's got a bunch player. of offers. Right, one of their tackles got a bunch of offers. They got some good players. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of talent. It's it's not like the old days, like when you and I played, where Iowa might have you know two, three, four D1 guys every year. Um, I mean because of things like huddle and YouTube and all that, I mean, you know, the, the kids that can play in the state of Iowa, which sometimes got missed, um, teams are picking up and they're finding them, which is, which is so much fun. It's so much fun to come out on Friday nights and, and maybe have a couple D one guys on your team or be playing against a, a couple D one, um, players on the other team. And, and, you know, that's motivation for our kids and tell them, Hey, let's go stack up uh, against this guy. Who's, you know, going to K state and, and see who's the best running back on the field, that kind of thing. Um, so it's, uh, it's good for the state of Iowa. It's good for Iowa high school football. Um, we just need to be able to play. So again, hopefully we can play next Friday. That helps. Right. All right. Well, let's, uh, should we wrap? You got anything else? I got nothing else. I'm excited for Saturday. I'm excited to, to see kickoff and, and it'll feel different in the stadium, but I think watching on TV, it'll, it'll feel like business as usual and it'll feel like uh, the start yeah, of college football. So yeah, sure. I would imagine they're probably going to do some silly numbers on you know TV because everybody wants to see it, obviously. Big mm-hmm. Ten country, they're not going to have anybody to root for. So how about that <laughs> exactly. mess, man? Just coaches lighten up the commissioner, Kevin Warren. Good, they should. What a bad decision to start off with. Right, I mean, to come out of the gates and say, nope, we're canceling football. He didn't make the decision. He didn't make the president's voted. So let's make sure we know who made the decision. Where he's failed is the communication. I said he. Yeah. Or yeah. I mean, Kevin Warren and that the Big Ten office just absolutely has butchered. But they butchered the message. I mean, maybe he didn't make the decision, but he was terrible in delivering the message and how they rolled things out. Yeah, and that's the key, man. It's no matter what decision you make, just to to not communicate with the coaches and yeah, I don't. doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it's it's not like that's a – I mean, this is a well-oiled machine in a big-time operation. I would imagine there's some holdovers from, you know, Delaney and his his tenure there that probably would know, like and, – and I guess, you know, there's no – there's there's no uh, blueprint or no instructions on how to handle a, a global pandemic, obviously, but I think that's just kind of PR 101. You're going to make a tough decision. Make sure that your, your communication is sound around that decision and your communication with coaches and players and staff and ADs and presidents is, you know, is tight and 
sounds like not not every not everybody's in, in uh, you know not as everybody's. well as uh, as well as Jamie Pollard has handled all this stuff. I'm almost frightened, and from what he said in the interview today about you know how he's having to do battle in Ames, and, and it's frustrating for him. Somebody's going to throw a lot of money at him to take a big time you know big office position. So I. I so I, I think, promise he, you I think he likes his already. time in Ames, but I, I hope we can hang on to him for a yeah, long, long time. I would imagine he probably turns down a couple jobs every year just he's because he's, he's so well-respected around the country. To. Yeah, he's, he's uh, yeah, hopefully uh, we can keep him around for a long time. He does a great job. So, I'm excited right, Saturday morning to, uh, to wake up, turn the TV on, watch a little college game day, pour a little uh, Iowa cream liqueur uh, from Mississippi River Distilling Company in my coffee. And Saturday morning? started. What's that? All right, I guess we're getting early. I got I got oh, yeah. a four and two year old. We can, I, I don't do that in the morning. So I have a three and a half year old and a three month old. But hey, I I'm saying like you shouldn't do it either. Crazy. I do that because I have a three and a half year old and a new and a newborn. <laughs> but, all right, brother, I'm good. Sure. If you got anything else, now that's it, man. Go Cyclones! Let's. Uh, I'm excited to watch, and uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be a great start to the season. Absolutely. Let's be one and no next time we talk next week. Yep. All right, brother. See you. All right, buddy. See you.